Welcome into a Tuesday Texans All Access. I'm DP Sulu. Joining me tonight, Drew Doherty, John Harris, the trio. We have not done this show together in a while. Mark Vandermeer is out this week. So it's great to have you guys here on All Access inside NRG Stadium for what Mark likes to call the desert, but it's still kind of busy, if you ask me. I feel busy. There will never be a desert that compares to the desert of mid-March 2011 to late July 2011. That's the desert to end all deserts. All deserts, in comparison, are sandboxes, and that's it. <laughs> there, would be a, there would be a nice irony if Mark were actually in the desert right now, um, which would be kind of cool because he refers to this as a desert. I, I totally disagree with him. I, I think this is not the desert. I think this is... Uh, this is sort of to me like baseball. It's like home runner strikeout. Like this off, like this period, you either get like a really juicy story or you strike out. It's one or the other. Um, and there's some other teams that have to deal with those stories. Thankfully, the Texans haven't. But I just read a tweet and I think about this all the time. I guarantee you, NFL teams hate, hate this time period. Hate it. You see what's happening in Kansas City. You saw what happened mm-hmm. to Jalen Twyman uh, of the Vikings. They hate this period more than any other. I, I can imagine it's stressful as all get out um, to be thinking about what players are doing. And hopefully the Texans don't have any situations like that. But my goodness, this is a tough, uh, it's a tough uh, challenge for some teams to try and make it all the way through these five, six weeks without anything happening. It's a good point, Johnny. You know, as, as far as the offseason, people ask me all the time, like, oh, so are you off right now? No, the website is still up. We still yeah. are pumping out stories every single day. Johnny is doing Texans all access every single night in some capacity or other. Drew's doing Texans 360 shooting shows. We're all doing radio, TV, writing stories. We're doing all of it even throughout this time of year. But you know what, Johnny, like as far as the injuries go, I would think that teams, while they're concerned, don't you think that last year was way bigger of a question mark for these teams. Cause I feel like even in talking to some of these players this time last year, they were working out on their own. They were trying to find gyms. I mean, they weren't traveling or doing anything crazy, but you know, just staying, just staying in shape was a big challenge this time last year, which obviously this year it's been a little bit more normal, not completely normal, but a little bit more normal. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I think teams, I don't want to say teams don't worry about guys getting injured, but I think that's the least of their worries. I think they can be more worried about, hey, how is this guy going to handle, you know, he just got a signing bonus. You know, how is this guy going to handle some of his money? You know, what's this guy going to do? Do we, have to, do we have to worry about this guy? I think the injury part of it is always a concern, but I don't think it's as, as much of a concern as some of the other, other things are. You saw what happened with Frank Clark. Uh, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I studied Frank Clark all the way back to his days at Michigan. I mean, this is not this is not uh, unusual, if you will, for Frank Clark to have offseason activity, if you will. Um, and I think that's what teams worry about more so than the injury part. I mean, now, the, sure, can they, I mean, can they get hurt during offseason workout? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that happens. Sprain an ankle, tweak it back, whatever. You, you, live, you live with those kind of things. But it's the other kind of things. Oh, my God, Jalen Twyman got shot in Washington. And, I mean, he's not thought of as a bad guy or anything like that. He's wrong place, wrong time. Uh, and he's hopefully going to be okay. That's the statement the Vikings put out. But, my goodness, those are things to me that you worry about. Last year, there was such a, there was such a smorgasbord of worries 
last year, mainly for a lot of teams, they hadn't even seen their guys. They hadn't even seen them. They were, you know, signing free agents. They hadn't even seen these guys. These guys were going off and taking a physical somewhere, and you weren't seeing them until training camp, and you're like, oh, man, you're smaller than I thought. Oh, and we signed well, you plus, for how many Plus there was also the worry. Years? Plus there was also the worry, like, are you even going to play games? Like there was yeah, absolutely. legitimate wonder, hey, is this even going to happen? Because you were bubbling up in the NBA. Baseball was doing its thing. I mean, you didn't know if you were actually going to play games. Thankfully, you got every single game in regular season-wise. So there were some hiccups, but it all happened. And, uh, and now you're gearing up for – Basically, it's pre-pandemic almost uh, with a few restrictions, a few little you know, things that are going to make it differently. But, yeah, it's, it's a 180-degree a turn from what we were going through this time a year ago. And just to piggyback off of the story stuff you were talking about and how it, sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's a desert, I'm going to tease something here. We got to go see Gary Kubiak about two months ago. And when we left, we were driving away from his ranch. I was like – Internally, I, th- I was thinking, how the hell are we going to shave down three hours of this into a video? And the guys did it, the Tylers, Tyler Marcott, Tyler Sudarth. And there's like a 17-minute video that's going to come out in a week or two, maybe even Ooh. sooner. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And a uh, good part of Texans history and just good part of it if you like Texans, you know, not necessarily Houston Texans, but the guy who is a Texan and Gary Kubiak. And pretty fun look back at, at him. And, um, yeah, I know – John, you're going to have some deeper. You're going to have some really good, good uh, takes from that when you see it. Well, I, w- I was so jealous because when you shot that with, with Coobs out at his ranch, you posted some pictures on social media of you and him together. So I sort of knew it was in the works. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any edits. I haven't seen, I just kind of want to watch it in its finished form, but um, any teasers that you can give us from that interview, you know, you it's, it's coming really, out in a week, a week. It's time? coming out in a week. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's basically he, you know, I said, Hey, what's retirement like? And he, he was kind of quick to say, well, it's not retirement. I'm not done with the game. He's just, he's not, uh, he doesn't have a job right now. So I could see him getting back in the NFL. I don't think as a coach and I don't think as a GM, but I could see him in, in an advisory role as far as player evaluation. I mean, the guy, the guy was, was brilliant when, and is brilliant when it comes to offenses and whatnot. And he's connected, he's been around, so many different places. So I just think he's, I don't think he's finished with the game. I don't think you'll see him on the sidelines necessarily, but I think he's going to be involved to a degree. And he has, he's been watching a lot of film, a lot of tape of college guys, pro personnel. So I'm not sure that Gary Kubiak is finished with football uh, as of right now. All right. I like it. You know what, what, what you refer to as the sandbox, the 2011, obviously, Kubiak was was coaching during that yeah. time. I feel like that's what we're going to refer to the 2020 offseason as. It's like when we talk about uncertainty heading into a season, like even all the uncertainty surrounding the NFL and the Texans heading into 2021, nothing compared to 2020. Well, and all the I mean, questions I think the we had that, as far as games. Yeah. Yeah. DB, I think the thing with that, I always I always talk about this. You know, there's scandals in sports, right? This is like my comparison. There's scandals in sports. I mean, you can think of them all over the place. I mean, whether it's uh, you know, the Astros, whether it's, you know, the pine tar stuff going on, George Brett, too much pine tar, you know, different scandal, <laughs> right? OJ Simpson's scandal is so out there and so crazy. It sort of goes up on the shelf. It's like you can't even compare anything to it because it is so 
beyond the norm of what you expect in sports scandals. It's like 2020 is going to be that for us. Mm-hmm. But you're going to look back and say, okay, we can't even compare anything to 2020. Like there's not, we can't, it's so out there and so different from everything else. It's like the OJ scandal in some sense that it's just so wild and so beyond anybody's thought that it's got to like stand alone in being different. I mean, we're going to look at off seasons from now. And like, if we compare anything to 2020 at some point, just like if we compare any sports scandal to OJ Simpson, holy crap, something's gone way, <laughs> way left. Like my golf shot. So I, I don't, I, I hope that that's one of those that you just put up on a shelf and never, ever compare anything to that whatsoever. Uh, again, sort of like, you know, comparing anything to OJ Simpson, which man, I'm stuck on that because I went back and rewatched that documentary on ESPN. And it's just amazing to watch it now, almost 30 years later. It's just, we're just a few days past the anniversary of well, the Bronco chase. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. I mean, the Bronco chase was what? 1994. Yeah. So 27 years. And it was, well, 27. I was, I was actually out in LA. I mean, back in 2019, I was out in LA. That was the whole, um, that was the whole Brian Gain getting fired, Casario tampering, all that stuff was happening that weekend. As I took my daughter out to take a, uh, take a test out here in California for a number of different reasons, but we were out here and I remember we landed, we landed June 17th, 2019. And I just remember being on the same freeway that OJ was on and it was like, Whoa, this is weird. It was 25 years ago. Um, so I've gone back and watched that documentary. So I kind of use that in comparison to everything, you know, Hey, how was that meal? Oh man. It was about as bad as OJ and the <laughs> case back in 1994. Um, or, you know, it was, it was so good. It was the complete opposite. I compare everything to OJ Simpson now. Wow, I, I don't know why I just kind of watch a documentary. I, yeah. Now that's stuck in your mind. Well, I, I like that you brought up how crazy 2020 is and you just put it up on a shelf. So with that being said, Drew asked me this question on Texans 360 last week, and I want to bring it up here because I thought it was, um, it was it's great fodder because now we have some more information heading into 2021. But I wanted to ask both of you guys, what excites you most about 2021 training camp? Uh, we're about six weeks or so, five to six weeks away still. So I want one thing that's off the field that you're excited about, like not fo- like football related, but not necessarily player team related. And then one thing that is about the team that you're excited about who wants to go first i'm excited on the field about the team about the offensive line and you and i talked about it on 360 mm-hmm. last week i just think it's going to be better i think the offensive system as a whole mingling what tim kelly did mingling what pep hamilton wants to do and mingling also what tim kelly uh intends to innovate i think that's going to be better for the offensive linemen and then i think you've got a good leader in james campen who uh, is going to be able to then extract the most out of that talent that's up there. I think, I think the offensive line is going to play better. You know, I think you'll be able to run the ball a little bit better. And I think if that's the case, you know, this team's going to surprise a lot of people. I just, I'm excited to see what this O-line does and see how they can play better than, than what we've seen around here in a while. You bring up a great point, Drew. How infrequent is it to have a horrible season but yet your offensive line has been very, very good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that those two like ever are you know, flowing against one another. Usually if you have a really good, solid season on your offensive line, usually the, the, maybe not the record, but you play much, much better. And I, I sent 
I sent Drew a picture today. I was <laughs> I went back and I watched week 17 of the, the Texans against the Titans. And I was looking for something, but I started at the beginning of the game and I took a, a freeze frame. The Texans were in 12 personnel, so I had one running back, David Johnson, and two tight ends, Farrell Brown and Darren Fells on the field. And it was a shot from behind. And I sent just that. It was nine guys. And I sent it to Drew and I said, how many of these guys are starting for us week one? And I could see one, maybe, maybe zero. Um, but obviously Titus was hurt. Laramie was hurt. And you get those two guys back. You bring in Marcus Cannon, Justin Britt, et cetera. I'm, I'm excited about the offensive line. I, DP, I don't know if, if I'll, 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 these kind of fit into perfect buckets. I'll just tell you some of the things I know I'm excited about. Number one, a trip to Green Bay. I'm really excited about mm -hmm. that. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see my parents, which would be kind of nice because I get to see them every time we go up there. So that's nice. Last saw them in 2019. So that, that'll be that'll be fun. I'm really excited to see Phil Lindsay and Mark Ingram. I think this running game is going to get a jolt from both of them. Um, so I'm really I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see Malik Collins, defensive tackle on the inside. I think he's built. You know, I see these hashtags, hashtag built different. No, bro, you're not built different. You just decided to put that hashtag with it. You look like a fool. Malik Collins is actually built different. He's got a butt and thighs that are just massive. He's so strong and quick. I think this defense is going to be a really good fit uh, for him. I've got an article actually coming out about two guys, and there's a little bit of a story that goes with this one, but I saw a tweet, a retweet, uh, by my buddy Sal as a silent reporter for the Buffalo Bills. And somebody, he retweeted a list of the team in 2020 that was the fastest to create pressure on the quarterback. And I know if you ask that question, like, where do you think the Texans were? If you just asked fans or people that followed, oh, last, because everybody thought, oh, the defense stunk. The Texans were fourth in the league. They were 0 .01 wow. behind the top three teams that were tied at 2.48 seconds, which the Jags, the Bucks, and the Rams. The Texans were at 2.49, which sounds counterintuitive. Like, wait a second. They got to the quarterback that quickly? And yet the – well, because the run defense is so poor and the secondary was not very good. And so I wrote an article going back and kind of thinking about, all right, well, why am I excited about the 2021 pass rush? And so I focused on John Grenard and, and Charles Menehu and just watching him in that game like, man, they did some really good things in that game that got me sort of excited about what, well, about what they can do. So those are a few things I'm excited, excited about. And I'm going to say this last one. And I can't remember who I heard say these two words. Oh, I know. It was Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton said these words. I, I did last night at Texans assistant coach audio jukebox. And so I was playing different clips. And Pep Hamilton was asked, and I don't remember who was asked about, but I remember hearing these two words. And I think he was referring to, to David Culley, but I thought it was really important. He said positive energy. And you hear the word positive, and it's like, oh, I think for a lot of people, when they think about an NFL team, they hear the word positive, they sort of have a Pollyanna sort of feel to it. Oh, it's going to be a bunch of nice guys. And no, that's, that's not it at all. Being positive is having a vibe that everybody in the entire building is all on the same page, that there aren't factions pulling in one direction, factions pulling in the other direction, and you're completely and totally belittled for trying to do your job and potentially making a mistake. That's not the way I think this is going to be from the top on down.
I think we've seen that from Cal and Nick Casario. We've definitely seen it from David Culley during OTAs. The fact that there's a positive energy and a positive vibe that can filter through this NFL organization. And I think that was lacking. Let's be, let, I'll be purely honest about it. I think it was lacking. I don't think it was here. I do think there's a positive energy and a positive vibe that I think will filter through this team and it will be felt and seen on Sundays that I think it will result in positives for this team. You speak of positives, Johnny, and every year people hem and haw over preseason games, something that we didn't have last year. And I'm going to be positive about preseason games this year because I think along with your positive vibes, I think we are just so positive about the return of anything that seems somewhat normal when it comes to uh, NFL football Inside the stadium, definitely, I agree with you. Positive vibes inside the stadium. But even looking outward, I think, for me, I'm excited about the return of preseason games because I'm excited to see the rookies. I really want to see what the rookies can do out there. That's something we didn't get we didn't get a chance to experience last year. So, you know, we've seen them at OTAs, Brevin Jordan, Nico Collins, Davis Mills, Roy Lopez. We've seen these guys during OTAs, but to see them in-game action, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, very excited about that, uh, as well as the return game. I think that was my answer on 360. Drew. I think I said I was excited about the return game because I'm fascinated with Andre, Andre Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. He's in year 12. And, you know, we've seen, I've we've watched enough football. We've seen Andre Roberts, but you know, he's, he's a, he was a three-time pro bowler and that was in the last three seasons. Yeah. I mean, 18, if you were to make it, 19, fourth straight. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's explosive. I mean, and he, I mean, that's he recently. A, yeah. He runs with a violence too, that you don't often see in return men. I mean, He's not easy to bring down when when you get close and you close in on him. So yeah, he he could be something special that you haven't really seen around here explosion wise since maybe I guess you got to go back to Jacoby Jones really as far as guys who could take it to the house who were a threat to do it who did it. Um, now with Jacoby, you also you might hit a grand slam like that, but you might also yeah he might get you in a little trouble. bit of juggling, a little bit of juggling, yeah. maybe a drop C here and there. But, Always yeah. made you nervous. Andre Roberts is he's no he, joke and he you, makes you, me nervous. He does make me nervous in how he catches the ball. Um, but that he's okay, but, he's, right. but he's money. He's money. He catches the ball, but he plucks it out of the air, which I told Drew. I said, I don't know. And I think I we, Johnny, you and I were watching him too when that's practice. It's DG, amazing. I gotta, change, I gotta change your thinking on this because seeing that and the way that he catches the ball. So what so what, what DP is referring to is when you're back catching punts and kickoffs the thought process is you watch the ball all the way in you kind of catch it like you're you're cradling a baby if you will and then you bring it into your body Andre Roberts a lot of times will catch the ball in his hands away from his on body. a kickoff away like a from his body yeah <laughs> and it I you you brought that concern to me and I was like no that means no, he's got good hands it's not he's even got a great concern. hands no yeah it's not even, like, I'm not I just concerned never, at all I've never seen that because we've had guys with such crappy hands back there. <laughs> I mean, they honestly, there have been guys. I mean, think about the return guys we've had and which one, if you had to catch a sky high punt, it's like, look, you got a million dollars on the line. If this punt returner catches this knuckleball from, I don't know how many ever feet, which guy would you want? You'd be like, uh, none of them. I don't want any of them back there. Okay. But you can have Andre Roberts. I'd be like, okay, I'll bet my life on that guy. He's got he's got great hands. And I and I say that because on a kickoff return, you can do that. You can you can catch it away from your body. You're not you don't have the threat of somebody bang, bang, catching the ball and then you hit. 
you got the opportunity to get in your hands, tuck it quicker, and then get going. Whereas a punt, you wouldn't do that. I mean, you want to mm. you want to make sure you secure it because those guys are on you on a punt. But on a kickoff, I don't worry about that. But he's got great hands, and that that actually, when you said that to me, that triggered a thought of I like to see returners do that because I know they've got good hands if they do catch it away from their body. Because think of how many times we've seen it. You know, kickoff returner trying to catch in his body and it bang, bang, it goes off his shoulder pads, hits his helmet, um, you know, and it ends up being on not top 10 on SportsCenter. So I'd rather not that not have that happen. I trust Andre Roberts back there for sure. I trust him my life. Catch a kickoff for me. It's a million dollars in my life. I'm going with Andre Roberts. You're going to go Andre Roberts. I like that that's what he's known for. Frank Ross, special teams coordinator, he had even said, that when he coached for different teams, Andre Roberts was the guy that you had to make sure that he was accounted for on special teams in the return game because he was just so money with his hands like that. So when I saw him back there catching punts and kickoffs, like I didn't, you know, at first glance, like they're kind of off to a distance. You don't know exactly who's who if you can't see their number, but he was the one that caught my attention every single time yeah. um, with just how secure it was when he did catch the ball. And then he exploded. He was so fast. I mean, he just took off like, like a bullet out of a gun. He, he shot out of there so fast. So I'm excited to see him also preseason, regular season games. I'm just excited to see him back there for the return game. All right. You guys need to give me one thing you're excited about that has not, not nothing to do with the team or the Texans, but just in general off the traveling. Uh, he said, going to green Bay. I'm just excited to travel again. I know John did it last year, but you were doing it. <laughs> well, uh, he missed us. He missed COVID us style. Though. I'm just, it's I'm ready stuck, to get back man. every other week, basically <laughs> getting on a plane, spending one night in a city, you know, going out, getting a good meal with you guys. Uh, just, I, I miss going and seeing these other stadiums and being on the road and doing this. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Drew, Green, I, Bay, Green Bay will be awesome too. Sounds like you're going to, sounds like the Texans will practice with them. That's not been confirmed or anything, but I, I would think that I would think that you practice with them before that preseason opener up in Green Bay. Drew's got a lot of little kids, and I know that feeling of just wanting to be in a hotel room, yeah. uninterrupted. You can watch TV. You don't have to put on closed captioning because you can hear what they're saying. Yep. You don't hear a little bunch of little voices. Love, love. I know you love your kids. I love my kids too, but of it, course. It, really, it's like a little mini vacation. I don't blame you. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the return of in-person interviews. We saw Tom Pelissero tweet about it last week that media in tier two can conduct in-person interviews. And I'm kind of excited about that because while Zoom is a great technology and it's been great getting to know these players, I don't feel like it's it's not it's not the same. You just don't build that same rapport with with players and get to get to know them and, and joke around with them as you do in person. So I hope that sticks. I hope we're able to do that throughout the season. I know for training camp, I think we're allowed to do it because we'll be outside. So I don't know what it's going to be like during the season. I don't know if we're going to be in the locker room or if it's going to be in the radio studio, but I cannot wait for in-person interviews because we haven't done one since 2019. Yeah. I think um, December. Well, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mentioned my, our, our trip to Green Bay, so I was specific about the traveling. Last year, and look, I, I'm not going to take it for granted, but you guys weren't with me. I was, dealing with a, I was dealing with a bad back. I had to have surgery on. We had to stay in our rooms. You could get room service. It was real. It was confusing. Like, are we supposed to order room service or not? Can we order Uber Eats or not? Like, it yeah. was totally just, it was off. I mean, everything was off. And that goes back to my point about OJ Simpson, the 2020 season, everything that you just knew and were used to is, is gone. I'll say one last one, as far as the, the radio crew goes, it's going to be awesome to just have the radio crew in the same freaking building. We had, we had games last year where that we would be in three or four different places. And that was a, that was a, that was a home game. 
That was a home game we had that happen. Uh, but on the road, I would go on the road. Uh, but Andre and Mark would stay in Houston, and it was it was awful. And you know, we got the we got the job done, and I feel like we did some good broadcast. But that was just such a weird thing, you know, because they would ask me about things like, "Hey, what's this?" or "What? what why am I seeing this?" and Normally they could just look down with their binoculars, but it was, oh, okay, well, this is happening over here. And it was, it was just, it was weird. So hopefully we can get back to doing our uh, full radio crew doing the games this year, which on, on site should be fun. I cannot wait to do that. Johnny, I really thought your answer was going to be not having to get the nasal, nasal swab every I, single morning before 8 a.m. Yeah, I've gotten so used to it. I would have complained that, a lot more about that. You were just it such a bother me. Yeah, I, I, it didn't bother me at all. I mean, even... Even in which we weren't, you know, there were times where we weren't Christmas allowed Christmas Eve, building. Christmas Day, every I mean, single day, John Harris and oh, anyone the that day after, get tested. The best one was the day after surgery. I oh am just, I'm, I'm gassed up and I'm just like, oh, my wife's <laughs> having to drive me up there to oh, stick man. that thing in my nose. And, I was, and I'm just like laying back and they just walk in and go bang, bang and did it. It just, it kind of became part of, you know, part of the thing. So when they said vaccination time, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. So uh, I don't, I don't mind it. Look, if it helps keep us safe, I'm, I'm cool with it, but hopefully that's, and, and look for all the things that we mentioned, the biggest thing, and I know I'll speaking for all three of us, is just keeping everybody safe, keeping the fans safe. Uh, but I got a feeling that the energy in the buildings this year is going to be just watching NBA playoff games, watching baseball games, watching college baseball games, man, the energy for live sports has never to me been better just watching that this summer. So I can imagine NFL games are going to be a little bit the same way, hoping that they are. Yeah, I think having fans at everything is definitely all of our favorites because it will be great to have fans back in the stadium, back at training camp, back everywhere we go. Definitely looking forward to that. All right, we're going to take a break. And tonight is the NBA draft lottery. So you can actually check out the NBA draft lottery specialist, Sean Pendergast and Adam Spillane after the show. But I'm going to do a modified lottery game with you guys. And it's related to the Texans in the 2021 season. So we're going to play a little round of that. We come back. Texans All Access continues. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Texans All Access. DP Drew, John Harris with you here on a Tuesday night. All right, guys, uh, before the break, I talked about the NBA draft lottery. So um, it's a kind of a big deal with the Rockets and maybe getting the number one pick. I know everyone's going to be watching that. They should actually listen to Sports Radio 610 because there will be an NBA draft lottery special. Sean Pendergast and Adam Spillane's coming up right after us. And I, you know what? That got me thinking that there's got to be a way to tie this draft lottery to an offseason show. So I'm going to try my hand at a little lottery game of my own and I don't have a name for it. So we'll just call it untitled lottery game. Uh, but you have the choice of three numbers, three choices. Your choices are free agent, rookie or veteran. And I'll tell you how this goes because it's pretty easy. I'm going to give you a description and your answers can be one of those are one of your three lottery numbers. It's going to be either the answer is going to be a Texans player that was signed as a free agent a Texans player that was a rookie heading into 2021 or is a rookie or a Texans player who is a veteran of the team, meaning he's been here since before this 2021 offseason. So as you know, we have a lot of new new faces on the team. So that's yeah. actually quite a small number. All right. So uh, let's let's start with this first one. Let's start with an easy one or self-explanatory. Who will have the most rushing yards for the Texans in 2021? Free agent. A rookie or a veteran? Free agent. I think it's Philip Lindsay. 
Man, Drew jumped all over that. You're, I got you, man. I got you sometimes. You know me. That's how, that's how I roll. Drew will say that, okay. and then he'll say, and then I'll say, but maybe also nope. Mark Ingram, also another free agent, and then he'll list every single person because he Steals likes to all the everyone's Christmas presents. I think it's going to be Philip Lindsay because only one man can have the most yards unless they tie, which I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think it'll be Philip Lindsay. I do. I think total yardage wise, I think it's David Johnson. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we were talking about rushing yards, so because I do think. I do think Phil Lindsay is a better receiver than people give him credit, but which would make my answer veteran. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I'm going to go with it just to go oppo Drew. I think David Johnson would have more total yards. I do think that Philip will have more rushing yards if he stays healthy. I do think that number is close, but I do think that David Johnson in the receiving game is going to be that much more helpful to whoever the quarterback is going to be for 2021 for all 17 weeks, 18 weeks, 17 games. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go veteran because I'm going with David Johnson and just like by a hair rushing total. But if you said total yardage, I would say David by not significant, but I do think he'll. I mean, David Johnson catches thirty yards rec- worth of passes. He's five hundred yeah. yards plus in the receiving game. It's yeah. thirty it, yards per game. That's it. This, this towards the end of the last year, it seemed like. Tim Kelly, and they, they were using him more in the receiving game. I wonder how that continues this year now that they've had a sort of a whole offseason that's a different running backs room. The offensive line is different. I wonder if that continues, if David Johnson's going to be primary receiver or if or if it'll be Rex, what if it's Rex Burkhead? What if it's somebody else? What if David Johnson's getting a lot of carries? I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Well, that I would help wanna... Drew because Drew said free agent, which doesn't it mean can't he's got to come up with so. a specific guy. Now, he said <laughs> Phil Lindsay, but – that gives him three options to my one, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll take I'll take my odds uh, with the lottery that uh, David Johnson will be that guy. And okay, listen, so- I, I don't want to listen. I don't want to derail the game because I want to play this. But piggybacking off of what John was talking about in the last segment about positivity in the building, which is a very very important aspect of the 2021 roster, I think this what you what you bring up here, DP, has made me think. I believe this idea of having a chip on your shoulder and having extra motivation than you normally would. And John, and I think we, we discussed this on, on, uh, on the podcast last week. I think that's a big deal too. A lot of guys are on one year deals. A lot of guys are, you know, they, they want to do their best and that will help the team play better, but they want to, they want to put good film out there for other teams for next year for March, you know, or to stay here in, in Houston. So I think that's going to be a factor as well. You, you, you might hit on some of these guys and hit really, really big who are essentially playing in contract years. I think that's something to remember as well. When you sort of evaluate and look and think what's this team going to look like in 2021. Anyhow, sorry. Okay. All right. Good. Fair, fair point. Fair point. All right. We're to sneak that in. Okay. This now, this is a little bit trickier. Most receiving yards. Veteran. I mean, you could you could you could add in a tight end. So if so, you choose to do veteran. This. I think I think this is the, of the two. I think this is an easier question. I think it's Brandon Cooks. As long as he's easier, yeah. As long as Brandon stays healthy, I think it's Brandon Cooks. Last year, watching him work and watching him operate and watching him operate at the speed with which he does. I mean, look, there are fast guys. And then there are fast guys that do it under control. You know, everybody thinks about fast guy. Oh, run deep, run deep. Brandy Cooks is, it, I mean, he can go deep on you if you if you want. But what he does is he sells the speed so well, they can break down and get in and out of his cuts so quickly. That, to me, is what makes Brandy Cooks great. I think 
I think it's a veteran because I think it's Cooks, it's QT, or it's Brand, uh, uh, Brand, uh, Jordan Akins. I think it's one of those three guys. I think it's Cooks. Yeah, I was going to say, I want, uh, Jordan Akins could sneak in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count him out. But yeah, I don't know if he gets more than Brandon Cooks. What about the other? What about the other free agent receivers? Where do you think they stack up? Chris Moore, Chris Conley. I mean, I'm with John on this. I don't think there's any question. As far as every, if everyone stays healthy, it's Cooks. I mean, Cooks pumps out thousand yard receives, thousand yard receiving season. It doesn't matter whether he's in New Orleans, whether he's and in Cobb. We New didn't England. even mention Cobb. Yeah, but I'm. I mean, I think it's Cooks. I, I just don't see him faltering or, or, or any of that. I mean, he looked crisp out there at OTAs. I think he's primed for another good season. I think it's going to really benefit whoever's throwing him the ball, whether it's to Rod Taylor or whether it's, or it's Davis Mills. All right. How about this? Most let's go defense. Most sacks. Hmm. Veteran. Which one? I answered this question the other day. Okay. I don't, I, the game says I don't have to say who it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's, that's just going to follow up the, out of my own curiosity. Cause I think it could be a number of veterans. I told I told Mark this, and he almost fell out of his chair. John Grenard. Okay. That'd be cool. I like that answer, though. And here's here's why. I think when I watched Grenard at the University of Florida, I remember thinking, boy, I think he could play either a 3-4 or 4-3. And then I would watch him play the run. I watched how violent he was. And I, I said this a couple weeks ago, but then I went back and I watched him against the Titans again today. And I thought, man, he plays violently. He plays with twitch. He plays with power. He does a lot of different things. He's very skilled as a rusher. Like, he's got a, a, a number of different moves, but he plays with, with twitch and power, and I, I love that. And I think he will have less of a transition to a down 4-3 position, if you will, than anybody else. Look, Shaq Lawson is definitely going to be in that mix, but I just think, uh, you know, Charles Amena, who's going to be in that mix, and Charles would end up being a veteran, so he's on, he's on my side on this as well. But I just think, and even Whitney would be on my side with saying veteran. But I look, would Derek Rivers surprise me if he stepped up and became a surprise uh, on the outside? No, I'd love Derek Rivers coming out of Youngstown State. And I hate the fact that in 2017 at the Greenbrier, he got hurt during his practices and that really kind of slowed his career. But I just feel like John Grenard's the, the type of guy that can be on the field for three downs, can do what they want to do from the edge perspective. He's got size. He's got everything you're looking for. So I'm going to go veteran. And it almost turns into a rookie. To me, the guys in 2020 are almost like rookies. So it's almost like pseudo rookie slash veteran. So I'm going with John Grenard. Yeah, I'm I like going. that. I was going to say Charles Amenahu. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was going to be your first choice. But yeah, I think you, I think you did. You pulled a Drew Johnny. You basically rattled off every single player that could possibly yep. be a veteran that could. Yeah, I think it's going to be a veteran also, and I, I could see it being not a huge number, like not necessarily a double digit number but I could kind of see a bunch of veterans bunching up and getting like six sacks, seven sacks, you hmm. know, a, a variety. Sacks. And then some of the, some of the free agents too. I could just see it kind of rolling that way. I mean, maybe Shaq Lawson. Yeah. Right? Could he and be maybe, in that you know, John, you brought up that stat about getting to the quarterback. Maybe this year you, you bring him down a little bit more you finish. Yeah. Yeah. You finish than you have in, in years past, but I think it's going to be somebody from that combo of what, like John said, Grenard, Amenahu. I do think Whitney Merciless's numbers go back up just a tick. You know, I think we've, we've heard from the coaches came in leaner, came in in better shape. He's going back to what he originally played in college when, Hey, I mean, when he was a junior at Illinois, 
led the nation's in, nation in sacks and forced fumbles 16 and nine. And yeah, that's a long time ago. I know it's a decade ago, but I, I do think there is, we're talking about chips on shoulders. I think there's probably one on his shoulder too, that he wants to prove last year was not who he is too. All right. One quick one before we go to break most interceptions. Cause I know that's something Levy Smith really wants to see more of this year. I know all the Texans do obviously, because last year was just such a down year when it came to takeaways. Hmm. Who's going to have the most interceptions. Should we open it up to turnover, forced turnovers? Would that be easier? First of all, we've got to get in the mindset. And uh, uh, Miles Smith told me this and and, uh, Lovey confirmed it. They're not turnovers. They're takeaways. They're takeaways. I said forced turnovers. Um, I'm going to say interceptions. Watch this. I'm going veteran. I'm going Zach Cunningham. Okay. Just because he has to play all over the place in the system. and he has to play all over the place. Yeah. In this system, he is asked to do a little bit more downfield than, uh, you know, in other systems and also what Zach was was asked to do last year. So I think Zach's going to be in coverage. Now, he's a, he's a heck of a blitzer and rusher. That said, he is going to be in coverage a little bit more. He's got good ball skills, really good instincts. And veteran also gives me uh, Bradley Roby, too. So I'll take one of those two. So I'll take veteran. <laughs> It also gives you Justin Reed. John. Justin Reed is the Drew. one that you yep. leave yes. the ball hawk out. Yeah. A nice 101 uh, re- touchdown return, uh, interception return for a touchdown would be nice. We'll get back. I'll, you know, I'll take 99. I'm not picky. All right, guys, let's take a break. There's some news, uh, a little bit of news brewing in the AFC South. Was there a diss against a Jacksonville Jaguars player? We will investigate. we got one final segment of Texans All Access coming up right after this. Welcome back. One final segment of Texans All Access. We go around the league. All right. So there's a tight end U summit this week. And uh, Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Tim Tebow was not invited. And it's actually a real, a real life event. It's held in Nashville by 49ers tight end George Kittle and uh, former NFL great tight end Greg Olson, who's now retired. So the two of them invited about 50 tight ends throughout the NFL. Tim Tebow not invited. Was this a diss or was it not a diss? What do you guys think? Nah, no. It's reality. Tebow is yeah, not a reality. tight end. Yeah. It's it's reality. He's not a he's not, <laughs> he's a, tight not end. a tight end. Let him let him earn his way into the group. How about that? Let him earn his way into the group in 2022. He can be a featured speaker at the tight end symposium or whatever they're calling it. But until then, nah. He hasn't, he hasn't even made the team yet. Yeah. And actually, I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, but I guess that doesn't really mean anything when it comes to your position groups, because the two actually did an interview. I want to say it was uh, they were on a podcast, uh, but they they said nothing against Tim Tebow. But there were so many backup tight ends that didn't get invited. Yeah, that think it about it. There's 32 teams. If Tebow. You can't even have two from each team mathematically for every team. Yeah. I mean, maybe there are, but that means some teams didn't have one. Right. Yeah. You're, he's a third or fourth guy at best. Right. I mean, is it, you would think, is it still learning the position even? Does he even know what you need to know to even I mean, I think Owen Daniels would tell you when he was in his thirties, he was still learning the position. You know, I I think those guys are all, the best ones are always still learning and getting better. The, the eventuality of it is that he may not be a tight end. He might be an H back fullback kind of thing and weapon kind of, yeah. I mean, tight end, tight end as I do it in air quotes, nobody can see me on radio. (laughs) <laughs> has become so different. So I I think they could probably try to find it. The, the, the thing for Jacksonville is they don't have any tight ends. It's James O'Shaughnessy and 
like that's it. So they they don't they don't really even have anything in Jacksonville to speak of. So he's got a shot to make the roster, I think, but they don't have any. Their tight ends are Chris Manhurts, Luke Farrell, James O'Shaughnessy, Tyler Davis, and Ben Ellison. I mean, that's the best they've got. So from that perspective, they they may need him. He just isn't there yet. And if they have to rely on him, they'll be in some trouble. I just never understood why he didn't make the switch so much earlier in his career, like pre-baseball. When he when we came out into the NFL, he didn't make the switch then. After his quarterback career sort of flamed out, why why didn't he make the switch then? Why did he just leave the NFL? I just feel like it's a little stubborn. The timing of it's so odd now. Now it seems like he's a few more years removed, and I just don't know. I just I, maybe, I mean that'll be great for selling tickets though for the Jags. I think. Well, I there are two schools of thought on Jacksonville on him. Some love him, some hate him. I mean, it literally is a polarizing topic. I mean, some, t- some people in Jacksonville are just tired of it uh, and tired of Tebow. Like, come on, man, seriously. Um, then there are some that just live and die because he is from Jacksonville, West Jacksonville, West Side. Um, but the, he's stubborn. He thought he was a quarterback. He believed he was quarterback. It's all he ever played. That's all he ever wanted to play. He was the one that didn't want to make the change. And so when football sort of humbled him and then baseball did, and he was like, Hey, I want to give this thing a shot. Here's what I need to do to be able to do it. He decided to make the change. He was the one that didn't want to make that change. That's why he was bouncing from team to team to team because he didn't want to make a change out from quarterback. I give him credit for sticking to his guns, but it's resulted in this situation now, as opposed to maybe if he changed earlier, who knows what he could have done over those years he missed. Well, in either case, we will probably get to see him here at NRG stadium week one Texans host the Jaguars. I cannot wait. That seems like such a long time away, but I'm pretty sure we're going to blink and it's going to be over. All right, guys, that feels like this show. I feel like I blinked and it's already over. We've got Texans All Access back again tomorrow. John Harris, Drew's got Texans 360. You've got a great guest this Saturday night. Drew, you want to tell us about that? Pro bowler and 12-year veteran Wade Smith. So we're talking offensive line. It's going to be some uh, fun conversation. He had some Nice tidbits that he pointed out that you're going to want to hear and see on Saturday night, ABC 13, KTRK at 11 p.m. All right. Thank you so much. And don't go anywhere because coming up right after this show, the NBA Draft Lottery Special with Sean Pendergast and Adam Spillane right here on Sports Radio 610. For everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.